You're muted, Bobby. Bobby Burton, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton here with the Longhorn live stream presented by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ludicky and the team there. Uh, Rob, we're at the co-op. Yes, sir. Big big day today. Uh, Longhorns hosting BYU tomorrow, uh, 2.30 on ABC. Jerry's already got his coffee. Yeah. Coffee, <laughs> coffees for closers. In, the in football left over this morning. Hey, I got, I've got, <laughs> hey before we get going, I got to say one thing we were talking about. Jerry's been doing deep seated research in the in the dungeon uh -oh. and he came out with this fact Give it to me. byu has a 27 year old on the football team grown man <laughs> they are they are they are grown and grown uh, ready man. to go yeah, so, I, I believe his first year was 2015 at utah wow uh, 2015 at utah played at utah went mormon went mission back at byu <laughs> offensive tackle you're going to get that. Wow. You're going to get that. Uh, but obviously the big news, though, is this has nothing to do with BYU's players per right. se right now. It's actually that Malik Murphy, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, redshirt freshman out of Gardena, Sarah in California, Southern California, is making his first start uh, for the Longhorns tomorrow. Uh, Rod and Jerry, I mean, we got to be thinking about this right now. I mean, what is a – Rod, have you played – when a new quarterback came in as a freshman – and tried to tried to lead the Longhorns. I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's a little different. I believe Sims came in was at ninety nine that A and M game because the major app right bubble guts at, yep. down at A and M. So that was weird. But I wasn't like a marquee starter. I was just playing nickel back at the time. Hey, Wild, were they pulling the fire alarms that night too? Was that, that was some weird? Yeah, that was some freaky weird stuff going on, man. I I don't <laughs> know. I'm not saying that it was something that was ordered by the Aggies. That was probably some rogue fan or something like that. But hey, man, we—I don't think the Longhorns were staying down there in Aggieland anymore. I think they made different accommodations from there. You know, Mac Brown learned his lesson. <laughs> um, but no, I was here doing the, the you know the Sims after white years. And one thing I do now, I was actually talking to my man Jeremy Hills about this uh, when you have a different quarterback come in because he was here when David Ash went down and then Case McCoy came in the game. Right, they had to rally around Case McCoy. And even Sark said this too. Everybody's got to pick their game up, all right? Your execution, your focus, all of that has to kind of be at a different level, all right? A higher level. You got to, even if you were, you thought you were performing at the highest level possible, you need to, you need to take it up a notch, all right? And then, and that's, that's, that's rallying behind your guy so that everybody else making sure they support him by doing their job, right? That there are no miscues, there are no missed assignments, there are no blown assignments, there are no mental errors that, because he's going to have enough on his plate, <laughs> right? Uh, you can expect some growing pains from whoever that quarterback is. Of course, Malik, in this sense, if there's a new quarterback, there are going to be some growing pains. You can't have a lot of mistakes on offense in addition to the growing pains that are inevitable with a young quarterback, all right? And you can make up for that if everybody around them is performing at a really high level and execute. I think that's the, the rallying behind your guy. That's how they rally behind their guy. And honestly, with Malik, and, it, and you know this too, you heard the guys, uh, the San Francisco 49ers talking about this before Brock Purdy broke out in the NFL, right? They kept talking about, man, we Brock Purdy's going to be all right because he's been doing us dirty in practice because he's basically been kind of the scout team quarterback. The, the second team quarterback and third team quarterback, they're the ones who go up against the number one defense, Yeah, right? There's a reason Sark said the best practice Malik has ever had, he's had this week. Why? Because he's working with the first team offense. Ones against twos. <laughs> He's probably like, man, this is pretty easy. Yeah. I did the ones, man. This is nice. Right? Well, he's been to me the last year. 
he's working with the ones now. No, and if you've noticed, the defensive guys have been been they've been the ones singing the praises of Malik because they've been going to get him in practice. I knew we knew BY was gonna be cold because BY was doing that stuff on scout team. We were like, man, dude, doing this against us. We're a top 10 defense, it's pretty wild. So the guys on defense, you've been you've been sowing those seeds now with the team. So they, they're confident he can go out there and get it done. He just hasn't had a chance to do it on the field. If it translates, you're going to see how all these guys, they're excited about the opportunity, not anxious. This is not dread about the, the pessimism about this opportunity and chance. People are excited about it, including the players on the team. I've got a question coming up for both. Wait, one second, Jerry. I've got a question coming up for both you guys and want to hear from both y'all. This is the Friday afternoon live stream brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. .net and Andy Ludicky. Uh, guys, if you're interested in owning own, your own business and think the franchise route might be for you, uh, give Andy and his team a shout at 404-973-9901 or visit him at myperfectfranchise.net. Andy and his team have a, a, a schedule and a straightforward path to business ownership. They take you through a process. Uh, you really can't beat it. Myperfectfranchise.net. If you're interested in franchise ownership, uh, thanks to Andy Ludicky for his sponsorship. We're also here at the co-op today uh, having a little fun. Their co-op has free beer. I got a couple people here hanging out with us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the question I had for you and Jerry, uh, Rod, is this, and I'll start with Jerry. Jerry, what would make a successful game for Malik Murphy? Uh, 15 to 25, 175 yards, no interceptions. Uh, because I, I think I, – I Texas needs to run rush the ball for more than they pass the ball tomorrow. I think that's a very successful day for Texas. Um, I, I think BYU has a chance to possess the ball without running it well, if that makes sense. Um, no, that's not, oh, you did that exactly. for the most part. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think no turnovers for Malik. Um, and I'm I'm fascinated to see how Sark's going to call this game, especially in the first quarter for Malik. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Well, other than pass, pass, pass to start the game. But I don't know what to expect after that. Yeah. Uh, Rod, what about you? Uh, I think the no turnovers is key. Uh, no turnovers is important, especially going against BYU. One of the only things they do really well defensively right. is take away the football. They got 16 takeaways on the season. I believe turnover margin rides are top five in the country. They are number three. Yeah, number that's, three. No, yeah. No, behind Oklahoma in the Big 12 because they're number two, I believe, yeah. in the country. Yeah. Uh, so turnover margin, that's why they've been winning some of these games when it doesn't look like, you know, they it all adds up to the sum of its parts. It's because they win turnover margin. And, yeah, they just don't – they don't beat themselves in a lot of mistakes. And they take advantage of other teams' miscues and mistakes. So if, if, if Lee can go out there and just have a turnover-free game – I, I think that's a big part of it. And that goes with, you know, because Jade Barron had an interesting quote about him. Actually, he was at Inside Texas, so shout out to Inside Texas for it, where he hinted that he was going to run the ball. And I, I know that he – yeah, it was weird, right? I was, I was like, yeah, Malik doesn't really run it. Quinn probably is better running than um, Malik. Um, but in terms of my, terms, my, my point is, like, taking care of the football, though. It's right, going to be important, right? Because right? yeah. he's going to be a tall guy standing holding the pocket. So, either way, no turnovers I think is going to be biggest. In terms of the percentage and how many yards he throws for, that's not as important as no turnovers and oper- managing the offense and managing the game, right? Game manager gets a bad – kind of labeled as a poor quarterback for a young quarterback that's basically all you're asking him to do early on can you manage the game for us be and be confident doing it have, exactly. have the right body language yes. so you, you yeah. so it seeps throughout the entire team totally agree. so so i agree with what would be successful i think that zero turnovers may be unrealistic right so there's a difference between what we would hope for and what yeah. would maybe necessarily be realistic 
Let me say this, too. The other thing that does concern me a little bit about Malik or any young quarterback in a first game, it's not necessarily the interceptions. It's keeping the ball while you're in the pocket. Ball and, yes, ball security in the pocket. Yeah. Because they're not – look, they don't get that in practice. No, they got that jersey. They, they got that the jersey, jersey also. Nobody's swatting the ball. When's, when's the last time Malik got hit and taken to the ground? Probably in high school his senior year when he got injured, honestly, guys. That, no, that's what we're saying. And yeah. so point, I, I feel like I, I feel like it's not just the turnover via interceptions. And, and that's what BYU does. However, they do get in the passing lanes. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a fair. No, uh, fair, I agree but, with you on that, man, because you're right. The, he, he's talking about live reps now. And as much you can do as much practice as you want, but you'll never get used to live reps of people coming to do you harm in the pocket and come yeah. after you because in practice, that's not the case. You're right. You, you can't even come close to them. Mm-mm. So you can't rip at them. Even if you're, even if you got your block and you're ripping at the arms, you can't do that in practice. No, not at all. Yeah. 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 yeah and that, that, so, so just be aware of that. I, really yeah, I mean, be aware of that. Yeah. Hey, right. A couple things. This one's just for Bobby. The line's grown to 20. Um, so he, I, I, I'm wondering if Keaton Slovis has something going on. I mean, that why can't well, why well, well, then they might debut Taysom Hill's nephew. That's I mean, probably true. That would be a problem. 29 year old option quarterback. Or oh, is this real? Are y'all making this up? Is this uh, real? No, is I don't. It? We don't know. I, mean, I was gonna say, no, the line's grown to 20. Don't be bringing up Taysom Hill like that, please, guys. I was on the sideline for that game, man. I think I was, I actually witnessed Manny Diaz being demoted before my very eyes. I was there. I was, I was you were there. You definitely did. Did you take the team playing back and watch him on the tarmac? <laughs> no, I, I watched him on the sideline. It was a commercial between Matt, Coach Akita, and Manny Diaz, and it was not uh, more unfavorable to Manny Diaz in that situation. <laughs> hey, hey, one recruiting thing. DeAndre Robinson's flying in. He's going to be at the game tomorrow. So a guy that uh, Texas defensive line commit, uh, DeAndre texted me and told me he's going to be in Austin. Uh, that Jones played last night on Thursday night. Want to pass that along. Florida's still coming after DeAndre. Uh, but DeAndre is not going to Florida, Georgia, as a host of Flor- as a, a mm-hmm. guest of Florida. Um, he's going to be in Austin this weekend, so that's good news for Texas. Hey, uh, Matt, our producer, I'm going to say this: Can you go to DeAndre Robinson's Twitter and put up the highlights he had from last night from Twitter, uh, so that we can do that on the show? Because I he, he posted highlights just from the first half, yeah. and literally he had like ten plays of highlights <laughs> in the first half. And this is a defensive tackle six. Six two and a half, six three, two hundred and ninety three hundred pound defensive lineman. Splash play. Yeah, no, a good player. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah, good player. This is a good one out of Orlando. Okay. Um, Jerry, uh, you're not going. You're going. Is Justin going to the Duncanville DeSoto? Yeah, game? he's he's going to Duncanville DeSoto. I'm pretty sure. So we didn't need two people there. I'm actually going to go watch Hitchcock tonight. I don't think I've watched Hitchcock play at Hitchcock since. Oh, they had a linebacker named Woodard. Remember a kid, Woodard, Bobby, years ago, he signed with LSU. Texas had interest in him. Then he didn't end up uh, qualifying. But they have a junior receiver named Kelshawn Johnson that Texas offered kind of unexpectedly at camp last summer. Uh, and, and I was rolling through some huddle, and, and I went over to Hitchcock, um, and, and that kid's got a chance now. Their junior quarterback, 6'4", 210, is a ranked kid. They've got a lot of speed on that team. They, I believe they won state in basketball last year. Their only loss in football is the Schobel family in Columbus, who everybody loses to. <laughs> Nobody beats the Schobels, okay, in business or in football. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, uh, look, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the things going on right now. And this is going to be they'll, – they'll play uh, uh, DeAndre Robinson's uh, film for us here a little bit. Uh, Jerry, the commitment of Ryan Wingo kind of was big for Texas this week in recruiting. 
now Sark is, uh, you know, legitimately right now uh, trying to finish out this class. Uh, guys like Kobe Black and others, uh, DeAndre Carter, they're still after a number of other guys. Uh, what kind of shot in the arm was that for Texas this week? I think it was big, it, it just from more more national. I mean, th- that's the thing is it's St. Louis is an area before we get to what it does for, you know, Texas in general. St. Louis is in an area that Texas has ever – they've got Marcus Washington out of there, right? Uh, uh, the linebacker, A.O. Day, who actually was from St. Louis, finished high school at IMG. Um, but they, they've never pulled anybody ranked as high as Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis, to my knowledge. So that that's more Sark just continuing to go national again. And again, guys, if Texas isn't going to the SEC, they don't win this recruitment. That kid goes. That kid goes to Missouri over Texas in that scenario. I, I'm convinced of it. Um, this move to the SEC is just really paying off. I think with these very high end talents, and why wouldn't it? These kids have grown up watching that the SEC win the titles, win the awards, and have the most draft picks. That's where this move is so great for Texas and recruiting in the future. But I really think a commitment like this, everybody's like, well, ooh, what? Is, how does that help in 2024? I think as many young kids notice these things is, is 2024. It's like Kobe Black isn't going to – if he eventually commits to Texas, he's not committing to Texas because Ryan Wingo committed to Texas. I mean, Black's been a lean to Texas for a long time. And if Wingo had gone to Missouri, that Kobe Black doesn't throw up his hand and say, maybe I'll take a look at Oklahoma closer now. I mean, but I do think from a national perspective, it's just another another – it's just another hit, man, for Sark and the staff. And I think some of those young kids – those 25s and 2026s that kind of follow recruiting a little bit before they get recruited. It's amazing how those kids knew some of those prospects. I think I think it's pretty Texas winning at Bama, Texas winning five-star recruitments is really big with the younger kids. Hey Jerry, there's one for you. When Penn hits paper of the top 10 wide receivers, was Wingo the right choice when it comes to Sark's culture? Uh, you know, I think I think I'd be. I'm not sure it's fair for me to answer that because I haven't been around Ryan Wingo on a day-to-day basis for like a two-week period of time, right? Um, But I will say this about Ryan Wingo, the football player, why I think that's probably the case and based on what I've heard. Most wide receivers don't turn around and play safety and do everything they're asked to do to win a game. So Ryan Wingo, anything that his team needed him to try to do to win a game in high school, he has had a knee injury this year. He did as a junior. I mean, he caught 790 yards on passes, had 44 tackles, played on all special teams. Yeah, he right. even punted. I mean, so that is that is something uh, that has to be taken into account with uh, Ryan Wingo. And I think the other thing that I really like about Ryan Wingo, Bobby and Rod, his brother played at Arkansas. None of this stuff is new for his family. It's kind of like Kobe Black's family, right? The recruiting process isn't new. The transition to college isn't new. Ronnie Wingo Sr. has been through this with Ronnie Wingo Jr. There will be a transition for Ryan Wingo. He's going far from home to Austin from St. Louis. There will be some really tough days, as Rod knows, when you get out there. There's going to be days you get bullied. Uh, There's going to be days you drop a couple of passes and Sark gets on you. Um, But having a family that's already been through this process, and not just the recruiting process, but the transition from uh, high school to college football and then having success at the power five level, I think is big. 
All right. Uh, thank you, uh, by the way, uh, for that answer. And thanks for the question, yeah. uh, King Me. I want to go to this one and ask Rod this, and this is from Asbutal. Um, Malik can do it. Do we think Jontae Cook or maybe DeAndre Moore, who I thought he had a good rapport with in the spring game, might play more, too, for his comfort and to increase the threat of the deep ball with X and Mitchell out there? Comfort meaning he as a guy that, he that, works with practice. Yeah, exactly. Second team guys, got more chemistry a, with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, actually, you know, Sark has already said he said it after the OU game. I want to play Jontae Cook more. I mean to play. I want to play him. Um, so I mean, I'm sure right now he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got other priorities. Uh, but he wants to play those young guys. We were just talking about wide receiver recruits. You know, part of the reason he wants to play those young guys is to keep that pipeline going. That's right. What the great recruiting pitch is. Oh, you know that they, the young receivers who I like in my offense, they play a lot. They get fed the football a ton, right? So I've got really tight rotation of our receivers. You don't want to be outside that circle of trust. That's a great way to recruit young guys. Um, so I think that's a great point. I don't know if it's a priority for Sark right now. I think that along with, you know, whether Arch is going to play, there are a lot of things I think he's got on his list of things he'd like to check off ideally. Um, and I think John Tate Cook playing more is one of them. But I think early on, he's going to want to make sure that Malik is comfortable in a groove and that the offense is operating on schedule. All right. And I saw it. I don't know right now if that's a priority for him. It, it, it's a good idea. It's a great idea, actually. Ekim e, e has a follow up question at 327 to that that I think is we need to address because I think it plays into this. Um, right. so this is my question for you guys. I think offensive line uh, pass protection is a premium, premium, the first-time starting quarterback who's a pocket passer. If Texas passes that test early and BYU's not getting pressure, could this be the game that, you know, we always say, oh, well, Sarkel, uh, you know, he's not going to put Malik in tough situations. But you know what's not a tough situation for a strong-arm quarterback? Four verticals. Deep ball. Four verticals, not not slow developing. I'm just saying, but Bobby, if you got pass protection and be what I just, I don't, I think this might be a, a chance like the Baylor game where you get John Tay Cook in there and, and maybe you run four verticals if you're, if you're good in pass protection. I will say this from having watched Malik in practice, both in the spring and in this fall, he will overthrow somebody on a deep ball tomorrow is my, my guarantee, unless he throws it late. Because he has, to, let's be clear, he has the strongest arm yeah. out of all of them. You're right. he, and, and a, he goes in, in practice, Rod, he literally would be five to ten yards longer than Quinn Ewers wow. and three to five yards longer than, than uh, Arch Manning. Wow. I mean, he has yeah. an absolute gun. Now, he has to rear, rear back. It's not. Yeah. He has to step in. He's yeah, not. I mean, but it's, I, when I tell you, he has a gun. I wonder it, that that's a great point. That's why I wonder if at times Sark will allow him to just overthrow the defense. And, maybe, say, and maybe try to come if it's late, maybe try to come back to the ball. Get yeah, a and maybe get parents. him, man, maybe get him one of those deep you know, rainbow crossers you talk about and just say, hey man, can you just throw it to the other? Can we just throw it to the other uh deep out pylon. outside pylon yeah. and yeah. just see see if you can get it from the from the opposite sideline? And yeah. a guy like X-Man can go chase it down. Uh, yeah. I think that's good. I think I think that's we'll, we'll see exactly what it means. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. this is another one that, that's going to be interesting. I wonder how Malik's style of play fits in with JT Sanders. Uh, is in this one from Jerry Hamilton's beef jerky. JT is due for a big game if he is, he is healthy. Any thoughts? My my initial thought is I don't know how well uh, 
Malik Murphy's going to throw that ball over the middle. Any, either of you two? Um, is that something the, y'all just we haven't seen well, him the, do? The best thing about JT is uh, because he is so athletic, Sark loves him to get those yak opportunities. He's a yeah. yak dad. He actually leads the country in yak yards for tight ends. And yards over Bowers? Catch. Yeah. And, wow. he, and he actually uh, is top 10 overall. Like, he's great in yak yards. I To me, I think, you know, that's where he can be that great kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, safety blanket, if you will, for a young quarterback. So I wouldn't doubt that he's kind of still kind of roaming around there for those short, quick passes, um, maybe RPO, tags, things of that nature, just because he's great once he gets the ball in his hands. He's really a threat. Hey, how about hey, to Bobby's point, though, before we get to that, well, that's really where Quinn, I think, is so good, is those throws, those deeper intermediate throws that that's throws good. a catchable football. Oh, yeah. He throws an NFL catchable football. He's got touch, baby. I He's agree. Not, the ball's going to get on these guys a little quicker. Now, they've had a week of practice, but that's different than when you're playing against attached coverage or somebody throws something through your vision window. It's yep. going to be interesting to see how the players adapt. It's not that different than Sims Applewhite, honestly. Uh, you Sims, said that. Sims you said ball thrower, and Applewhite was a touch, you know, touch thrower. Very different. It could be effective either way, but you know, obviously different methods. Yeah. All right. Let's go to this one uh, from Forrest Eldridge, uh, fellas. I love Sark and PK, PK, but I feel like their biggest weakness is they both tend to overthink things and not just lean on what's working. I will say this about Sark. He's going to have a reduced playbook this week. Yeah. And so part of that may be finding and, and latching on to an identity as part of it, because sometimes you wonder if Sark has too many plays. <laughs> We've talked about that as opposed yeah. to an identity. Yeah. He's got, he wants to play. He wants all the tools in the mm-hmm. tool belt to be yeah. on display totally agree. as opposed to leaning on, you know, the run game perhaps. Uh, now he did that a little bit last year in a couple games that really mattered. Well, Cause he had B. Generoso. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, well, he's got two pretty good ones right now. He does. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. but my point being, I, I see that with Sark. I don't know if PK is a tinker guy. I don't think he tinkers that much. He likes to go in with a game plan and kind of stick with he it does, yeah. until he's until he has to cry uncle, basically. I mean, he – that do you see – well, do yeah, I disagree? Well, you didn't have any no, – No, Dana Holgerson definitely agrees with that. Yeah, who, who, who agrees? Dana Holgerson definitely agrees with that. Like I said, you have H game. You didn't have that. Everybody kept waiting. Like, when are they going to go inside leverage, hard inside leverage to stop all these crossing routes or drop the linebackers back in coverage? And they never really did that. They just yeah. <laughs> they kind of kept going with the same game. They, they, they said we're not going to let Donovan Smith run. Yeah, that's basically what they said. Yeah. And he didn't day, run. End of the day, they only scored twenty four points. Yeah, very true. I mean, if you if you want to think about that. All right, uh, here's one from Cameron Parker, and I think this is a question yes. that. I, I literally was out here hanging out and talking to a couple people before the the, the uh, live stream today here at the co-op, and I got asked this question. Yeah, see the question. Do you all see Arch getting any playing time in your honest opinion? My honest opinion is yes. I think he makes his de- Texas debut at some point tomorrow. I, agree. I don't know if it's going to be early, third series, fourth series, or late, but I do think he's going to get some time. Thank you. Y'all, either of you guys have a I agree. I agree. I I just agree. And here's the thing is, you know, he's a play away. Malik Murphy's at least had eight pass attempts. I always go back to the the Alabama game last year when 
Quinn's out. Hudson's limping to the sidelines, and Charles Wright's over there warming up on the sidelines. He'd never thrown a pass at a college game, and Texas was really close to bringing him in. And you have Kansas State, and you have TCU, and you have Iowa State still left before Texas Tech. Yeah, he's got it. I think he's going to get him on the field a little bit um, tomorrow um, and because he's a play away now. Totally agree. It's a it's contingency plan at this point. You know, you have to have Arch ready to go. You have to think where you have to plan on the worst case scenario possibly. We all hope that Malik balls out. They blow him out, you know, 28-point lead or something in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, put him in. That's ideal. Um, but I think Sark, because Texas really hadn't had games like that all year except for the Baylor game, I think Sark understands you might have to pull away in the fourth quarter and he may have to strategically figure out a way to insert Arch in this game somehow. And when do you do it? How do you now throw off the, the rhythm of your quarterback, Malik, when you do that and put Arch in the right position to do it too, not give the other team momentum. You don't want him to go out there in a bad position. That's a really tough spot. That's why I think he he, he said, I want to do it, but he was like, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know when I should do it. Hey, yeah. we, we should add one more thing to this, by the way. And we're not saying Malik Murphy's injured, but we are saying Sark said last week after the Houston game, he missed some practice time. So he's probably not 100% in some capacity when he steps on the field for his first start. So mm -hmm. that also plays into the thoughts of mm -hmm. a coaching staff. That's true. All right. Now, Rod, I want you to talk about this one because we've had this conversation before. A buddy pal, chief big guy says, weather channel showing rain possible before and after game, mm. but might get lucky and be dry during the game. Wet fields, DKR. Uh, you're just talking about ball security. Yeah. You, that was really something you just brought up earlier in the show because that's something that a young quarterback like Malik, he doesn't have to worry about in practice. He doesn't have to program himself to constantly, you know, to make it almost muscle memory that, hey, you hold on to the ball this way, you secure it until you have to either get rid of it or you're going to scramble or something like that. So, I, yeah, that if, if, if it's going to be a wet ball essentially at times or could be, um, as Sark probably needs to prioritize that in practice. Um, and didn't prioritize in that in practice. I'm sure Sark, I mean. If, oh, if, no. I was at McKinney Tuesday, an indoor facility practice. They knew what the weather could be. After practice, they had their long snapper. The guy was there squirting the Gatorade bottle of water on the ball before, yeah. the, before the long snapper snapped that they were working on snaps after practice. I mean, the, these That's guys need the beat, man. The, yeah. the really good ones, their attention to detail. Exactly. He's been exactly. going to wet football the last two days in some capacity. Bam. Hey, Will, William Niche here, guys. Uh, if Texas beats BYU, we need a night game against DKR, against K-State. Mm. I'd love that, man. I, they're going to need fantastic. it. K-State's going to come. I, they, they've got to – They're gotta, playing good football right now. K-State's one of those programs that gets better week to week. We know yeah. that's like, traditionally. That's, that's what they've done under multiple regimes. And they've gotten better week to week. They didn't start out looking very good, but now they, they look like they're a pretty impressive group. All right. I uh, got a question for you all both now here, Jerry and, and Rod. I love uh, this question. Who's the most important player on defense for, this, for, for this tomorrow? This is good. Is it a pass I'll, rusher? Is it a guy like Tiavandre Sweat to make sure they can't run? I'm going to go with – Is it Jaron Thompson? Is he been burnt out, right? Is yeah, he, yes. he he's going to be out. I'm yeah. going to go – I'm going to throw one out there. I'm going to go Anthony Hill. I like it. Because I think they need an edge presence, and they don't have one. And if Keaton Slopes is supposed to be a quarterback who doesn't have the functional mobility – and he doesn't have, you know, the ability to scramble. He can do it, but that's not a strength of his. And Jerry brings up the, the famous stat about his negative rushing yards in his career. He's going to be more, more a sitting target 
if you can get them in third and long situations, second and long situations, we know nobody wants to run up the middle against Texas. They've already said, Devontae Sweat is the highest graded D tackle in the country by Pro Football Focus, and Byron Murphy's number nine. <laughs> they both got two top ten. Dana Hogson said, "Now nah, we ain't running against those. We ain't running at those dudes. That's stupid." You and think, I, I, Oklahoma didn't do it? Oklahoma either. didn't do it. That, that's stupid. That's that's working. That's that's not working smart. That's working, you know, dumb. <laughs> All right, you want to work. You want to work smarter, not harder. So teams are finding non-traditional uh, paths to the running game. Um, I think they need a presence on the edge. The, the, getting to a passer and getting to whoever it is Dylan Gabriel or Dylan Smith has been their biggest issue. All right. And then we know coverage is a big issue for him, too. But getting to the rush, getting to the, the quarterback as with an organic pass rush has been a big issue. Sark even said that Anthony Hill was his second best pass rush on the team behind Byron Murphy. Yeah. And Byron Murphy has not been necessarily a pass rushing presence during the season. That was probably in practice. But I think Anthony Hill's translates uh-huh. off the edge. I, that's a guy that I think can have a big game in this game. Um, oh. By the way, I'm going Jalen Ford. And I, here's why I'm going to go Jalen Ford because. The last two weeks, to Rod's point, that dude was put in 60 minutes of conflict with no QB run game threat unless Slovis is hurt. And like Bobby said, they have Taysom Hill's little brother coming in or something crazy. (laughs) Jalen Ford gets to go back to playing more his traditional role at linebacker. And when he plays that role, that guy makes plays on the football and coverage. Uh, hey, that's not wrong. That's yes. he's not wrong. I'm, I'm going to add this. I think it's going to be one of the safeties, and I'm going to go with one of two: Ooh. Derek Williams or Jaron Thompson, there because BYU does not. With Jaron Thompson, he is better when the receivers aren't blazers. If yep. that makes sense. Yes. He can play a little tighter. He can step down a little bit. He's a little bit more willing to step down and get in there. Um, but I also think Derek Williams has been terrific, and I, I'm hearing personally that he's expected. To get more time on yeah. time. So that's right, covered so, safety. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, this one from uh, Lamarck, Lex Marxy Lede. Uh, hi, hey, guys, checking in from Seattle, Washington. If they move Jay Barron, Jade Barron to corner, assuming Watts is a no go, who do they put it, Nickel? And Jerry, I grew up with Darren oh. Foster and Lamarck. He was a bad man. Uh, first of all, <laughs> let me ask, let me say this. I'm hearing Watts is expected to go tomorrow. Yeah, me. Yeah, same. And, and so I don't know that, but Jalen Gilbo is next off the bench right now at star followed by Austin Jordan. Is that correct? That's what you've got, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, my last Derek Foster comment, maybe for a while, uh, this is, this may be the legend growing after he was done, but apparently when he was 27 or 28, uh, he was up at a U of H camp and ran four two nine. (laughs) just for fun and street clothes. Rod Babers didn't do that at 427. (laughs) Hey, hey, Rod, I'm going to send you, a YouTube from Lamarck's playoff game against Cal Allen. I think he had 399 yards in this game or something. It, <laughs> wow. I don't want, I won't send the one where the Denison kid lost his ACL trying to chase him, but um, <laughs> dude, he wow. the guy wore those big neck roll pads, Rod, and, and they ran sprint draw, and the guy was literally looked like he was shot out of a cannon at 205 <laughs> pounds. It was crazy how fast he was. He was, was legit fast. Legit, legit fast. And he's, he was. Almost Adrian Peterson size, same yep. type of speed. Maybe mm. maybe a tad more acceleration Ooh. than Adrian Peterson, wow. but not the 
not the running back. Yeah. Yeah. Not the athleticism. So, Man. you know what I mean? He was like toss sweep and freaking freaking jet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Galveston uh, ball looks uh, slow a couple times. Yeah, Galveston ball ain't slow. No, Trust never. me. That ain't never been the case. <laughs> All right. Here's that. That's beautiful. Uh, how do we think the D line is going to be able to get organic pressure? on Slovis tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Can that create more opportunities for our secondary to play aggressively and attack and create turnovers? I want to say this, BYU doesn't give up a ton of sacks. What are they giving up? A, Jerry, you and I are talking about this. 1.2 1. 1. 1. a game, 1.15 a game with a quarterback that's not mobile. Yeah. So you don't expect much organic pressure unless you're getting pushed up the middle. Now, Sweat and Murphy will be the best group of defensive tackles Easily. they they face. Yeah. Alfred yeah. Collins, by the way, Jerry and, and Rod, Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday he's expected to be available. Mm. He left the U of H game late. Uh, he, Sarkeesian even said that Jet Bush is expected to be available. Wow. And he, I don't mm. know if I've ever seen this before, he went out of the U of H game with a non-contact leg injury. And now it's fine. And, and is okay now. Yeah. I mean, unless he, unless they went in and looked at a scope wow. and said, hey, let's just hold yeah. off on surgery until right. after the season. Maybe an MCL. These, I mean, hamstring. I said the trainers are doing a damn good job because I thought the Jake Majors injury was going to be way worse, and it wasn't. Um, that injury, the Jet Bush, I thought would be worse. It really wasn't. Even the JT Sanders off the Hey, shout out to the training staff. We don't give them a shout out very often, but good for them. All right. We got a couple more questions here coming in. We're taking y'all's questions now. Please feel free. Uh, we're live at the co-op here in uh, on the drag and down in downtown and nice. campus campus, uh, campus excuse mm -hmm. me uh, in Austin. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and on three uh, guys. Uh, I want to say thank you to our main sponsor uh, each and every Friday, and that's Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to get into business ownership, give Andy a shout because he has a pathway to success. Uh, visit MyPerfectFranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901. Andy has a system whereby he takes you through all of the potential opportunities, interviews you, knows how much money uh, you can uh, afford to put into a business or not, and then gets going and gives you a couple of different options or several different options. 404-973-9901 uh, or Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Thanks, Andy, for your sponsorship. All right, let's get back to some questions. Hey, and Bobby, can I, hit on a, can I hit on Dominic McKinley real quick? Yeah, like somebody asked about his his the, Dominic McKinley. Let me set it up for you. Yeah. Was a, a deep, is a defensive lineman, five star out of Lafayette, Louisiana, whose final decision came down to Texas A and M, Texas, and Oklahoma. He he chose Texas A and M, but Jerry, you reported on something on Inside Texas today. Uh, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, I mean, so look, Sarkeesian and Bo Davis had some light communication with him. That It's just been light communication in recent weeks. Uh, but apparently I was told uh, by a source there in Katyana that Dominic actually reached out to Texas this week just via text. Um, so he's definitely going to uh, – starting to – I just think the more decommitments A&M has, I mean, it, there's just things – just the ball, that snowball gets rolling – uh, but it's at least a sign for Texas that Dominic's still at least looking their way a little bit. We'll see what happens. I don't think anything's as big as going on yet, but as long as that communication window opens, uh, stays open, I, you know, you never know what could happen. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, look, I mean, Shane Shane Beamer and his broken foot's headed to College Station right now on a plane. Um, as, long, it, as long as Spencer Rattler's foot's not broken. Yeah. That's, look, that's the one that matters. I, I got to say this it about may be after the Aggies defensive line gets old enough. 
Yeah, I mean, I got to say this: uh, if AM better not lose that game. Yeah. If they lose that game, they they don't want those coaches won't have any recruits to call. They'll be bored. It won't be on the tarmac. It'll be on the. <laughs> it'll be in the post game yeah. press. Um, all right, uh, King me here. Uh, seven games into the season, what's more surprising: offense thirty four points per game or defense allowing seventeen points per game? I want to uh, add this fact in the preseason. Phil Steele predicted Texas would have 39 points per game or score 39 and allow 21. So he's five points off on offense, four points off on defense. Which one's more, more impressive or more surprising to you guys? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the defense. Obviously, Sark's offense, that's his calling card, right? Sark's expertise is offense. Uh, he's considered one of the best offensive minds in college football. I don't think it's a surprise. I think actually some people are a little bit, you know, I guess – disappointed they're not scoring more points uh, on offense defense we were looking for them to make a leap from good to great my only issue with the defense is I think those three backup quarterbacks they played may have skewed and distorted the sample a little bit I'm not sure they're as good as we would have projected or even that the stats show um, I think actually you know they got some holes in that defense that have been exposed the last two games not saying they can't sure those up or remedy those issues because as soon as they get healthy on defense, I think they're they're a different defense altogether. But the injuries combined with the you know it being exposed by a starting quarterback uh, with a first a pass first offense, which it would, BYU is not. They may decide to break tendency though in this big game. Matter of fact, if I was BYU, I think I'd throw first. I would too. I, I'm we keep you got a better yeah. quarterback, and you know you got some decent receivers. That's the biggest. Weakness on the Texas defense is their, you know, with their pass defense. That's probably where I'd go, but we'll see if BYU decides to go that route. But yeah, I think the defense has been su- surprising in a really, really good way that they have been so stout so far. I will say to Jerry's point, the the thing about Texas in this defense is that giving Jalen Ford and putting him only in pass coverage as opposed to also run defense coverage of a quarterback uh, does help him. I think that that is a meaningful stat uh, for Texas and a meaningful part of the part of the game. I, I think offense is uh, the most surprising me to that they're not averaging around thirty nine. Um, I, I think that is the uh, I think that is the the one thing to me. But you know, look, that's a drop pass here or there. They've had some offensive line injuries. I'm not surprised that Texas is holding opponents to seventeen points. Look, part of that reason is Jalen Daniels didn't play against them, right? And I'm not saying Kansas was scored 40, but what I am saying is that average wouldn't be 17. It'd probably be a couple more at that point, right? Texas has had some good fortune uh, not facing number one starting quarterbacks, and that does help your points per game defensively given up. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I, So I, I would say just the Texas in that 38, 39 points per game uh, is probably the most surprising thing to me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. All right, uh, let's keep going here. Uh, here's one, Warden. I got to say this because I actually Warden Bo- Rob, Bobby, Rod, and Jerry all looking good in sporting hey, black. This is great. Uh, for the record, is that gray? This is gray. It does not look gray. Even yeah. I'm sitting next to charcoal. It's gray. It's charcoal. Hey, yeah. I gotta say, thank you to. See, look uh, at that. Boom, charcoal. <laughs> thank you to Forty Acres Apparel for uh, handing out a couple of shirts to us early. Those guys are really good. <laughs> they they're available here at the co-op uh, as well. Just reread my super chat. Sorry, about five Yinglings in. According <laughs> to Ward, uh, thanks, Ward. Hey, but I, I, I will say this though, because uh, we were just talking about uh, the, uh, the the offense uh, for BYU. Going against the Texas defense, um, they their receivers are bigger receivers. Something we didn't talked about enough. They're they're like six two, six between six two and six four. Uh, getting Ryan Watts back, that's that's actually the perfect time for him to come back. You need a physical presence. I think they'll take a couple of shots against Texas. When you got Keaton Slovis, one of the reasons they're sack rate is so low. I told you this too, Jerry, in our QB room. His pocket presence actually is pretty good. Yeah, I think it's because he started so many games and he's yeah. played so much football. He doesn't get panicked by much in the pocket. And no. he's pretty poised in the pocket, which I think helps him in terms of the sack rate and him being able to avoid some sacks, too. All right. Uh, let's keep it going here and go to some other questions, I think. Uh, here's here's a comment that kind of concerns me. Rewatching <laughs> from William Nish, rewatching the BYU versus Texas Tech game, BYU is not very good at all. Tech pretty much gave them that game with all of the turnovers. Did they give it to them, or did BYU earn them? They had a third-string quarterback, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, but still, you got to – they're five and two, Rod. you got a second-string quarterback, so. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, so. This is my whole point was with 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 uh, going back to the very beginning of this broadcast, what we talked about, y'all said no turnovers. For, I asked y'all what you wanted to see. You yeah. said no turnovers. Biggest step. I think, I think yeah. a goose egg in that goose regard yep. is egg, highly yeah. unlikely. I'm going to comment on this and then people are going to be like, Oh, you're taking BYU lightly. I'm not taking them lightly. Anybody can win a football game, but BYU is a smoke and mirrors five and two team. There's zero doubt about it. You're not ranked 124th in offense in today's day and age of college football and be a legitimate five and two team. There's just no way around it. They haven't had over 300 yards in their last three big 12 games. Doesn't mean they won't tomorrow. Uh, because Texas is banged up, but dude, you're five and two, and you can't go over 300 yards in the Big 12. It's that's a little smoke and mirrors. Now they're not great on defense either; they're just average statistically. No. Yeah, they're average. They do take away the football. They're opportunistic though, which yeah, is okay. That's, that's the one thing that could turn this game and really derail it for Texas. I mean, look at this, dude. They average 286 and give up 405, and they're five and two. How many? Go find another team that's like that in college football. Turnover margin, though, man. They're top five in the country, number three. What overall? Yeah. But I mean, they don't convert third downs. They're last in the Big 12, I think. There's no stat offensively other than they don't give up a lot of sacks that you look at and say, that kind of worries you. They can't run the ball. I bet they don't have a lot. I bet they have very few penalties, maybe something like that. I think think you're right on that. I think penalties. They just don't. Yeah, they just don't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. As a football team. Yeah. 
my apologies on the camera there, guys. Um, hey, uh, one thing that I wanted to, to comment on on this whole idea behind stats mattering and not mattering or, or us being able to talk about that. If we remember correctly, uh, last week, University of Houston was number 122 in the country on third down defense. Texas went three of 12 last week ding, ding, on ding. third down. Yeah. Stats sometimes yeah. are anomalies. In well, Muschamp had a great team. quote for that one. Yeah. Yes, he did. What bikini, was it again? Bikini stat? Huh? Is it a bikini uh, one? Stats are for losers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is not the bikini quote about stats. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, stats are like a bikini. They show you something, but they don't show you everything. No, I don't know who said that one. I love that. Stats, stats are for losers. <laughs> that sounds like must have, actually. Uh, but, no, I, I think – no, no, Bobby's right about this, though. And this is why. Because we we all – last week we kept talking about U of H's defense basically could be considered the worst defense in the Big 12. Yeah. Period. And statistically, they were right there. Right. But what did they do with a little bit of extra time, right? They revamped the defense, came out in the 3-3-5, ran some three high, three down, and they really had a great game plan defensively versus Texas. Um, not at first. They made some adjustments throughout it, but it worked for them. Um, and offensively, they started out wrong. Then they figured out, you know what, pass first. Texas got injuries in the secondary. We'll attack them there. It, it's one of those things where it, this, is a pers- this is like a personal game for, for Sark and for BYU, oh, right? Yeah. He used to play there. He knows these coaches really well. There's a lot of familiarity. Coach with them. That makes it personal. When when one of the my man Shano coaches coaches the 49ers, right? And you know, he he plays, he's been coaching the NFL for a long time. And when he loses, it really hurts him. But when he when he loses to one of his best friends like Sean McVay, especially in a division, it it like tears him apart. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, the same thing with, with Sark. You lose like a basically a rivalry game or you lose to one of the coaches that you're really close to. Man, as a competitor, it just rips you to shreds. Look, and this yeah. game is going to feel like a rivalry game from that standpoint, in my opinion, for BYU, which is why I think BYU, honestly, they may come into this game desperate to a certain extent and playing with desperation and coaching with it, kind of like Dana Hogerson did right last week. And this team may come in with a different vendetta. First of all, we know it's because it's, it's Texas. They're going to come in like it's their Super Bowl in a big game, and they're going to break tendency – and they're going to come out and show something on the field that they haven't shown on film because that's what everybody does. And a young quarterback may get confused, and it may be a tight game. If it's a tight game, you know, down the fourth quarter, then maybe they can make some plays. So I am not that I'm, – I'm confident Texas winning the game, but I'm not cocky or arrogant about it. Right. None of us are. None of us. I, I, by, by the way, at least it didn't come – the scroll didn't say Bobby's an exhibitionist or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I am indeed uh, – I am. I see myself as both a negative person sometimes on this. I would call it pessimism, yeah. uh, but I, I think it's a healthy pessimism yeah. given what I've seen the last 15 years in Austin right. uh, at times. Hey. And, uh, you know, last week, for example, I was sitting here saying, wait a minute, like the Cougars are coming off a big win. Texas is coming, coming off a really bad loss. Let's give it time. You know, I was my, my score prediction was closer than anybody else. Yes, it was. So I, I went with Texas 23-16 uh, over BYU this week because, again, I think BYU is going to turn Texas over a couple times, most likely. That's the most likely thing to happen. Uh, but I think Texas will be good enough on defense to overcome that. Mm-hmm. I think the Texas run game should get some breath, yeah. uh, whether it's early or late, enough so to, to bring Texas to victory. I don't understand how it's a 20-point spread 
when Texas is literally playing its number two quarterback right now. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that. I, I'm wondering if Keaton Slovis has an injury, guys. That line's moving more B- more higher and higher and higher. Something's going on on that BYU team. I, I agree with you. It's got to be something weird. That's a, that's a hell of a shift for a team that got a backup quarterback and hasn't been blown at. We have, Texas hasn't been blowing teams out. Right. They haven't been winning by a, you know big margins or anything. But, yeah, Vegas knows something. And hey, I, by the way, we're talking about that U of H game. The stress these, these head coaches are under. Sark looked like he was going to throw up in the last three minutes of that game. <laughs> Did y'all notice that? Did that look that coaches get where they're like, oh, my gosh, we're so much better than this team, but here we are. We have to make a stop here not to go into overtime against these guys. Hey. He had that, he had that look that oh, that of that – not that he doesn't handle pressure. I'm just saying the pressure-packed head coaching college world where every game is a playoff game after you lose your first one. I mean, that's the reality. Every game for Texas is a playoff game since they lost one. I agree. And that's a lot of stress. And he had that look in the last three minutes. Oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he had that look. Yeah, I, it's going to be crazy. Uh, that's all there is to it right now as far as this is con- as far as the Longhorns are concerned. Because, Sark, you made it You made it sound correct, in my opinion. It's personal. It is. It's I mean, this is – if I were playing Texas and it was my alma mater – I would, it would be personal. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the reality of it. And I don't think it's, uh, it's wrong at all to, to think that way. Um, hey, Jerry, this is a question for you. Uh, how many future Texas players play on Duncanville? Texas obviously has two commitments right now in Colin Simmons and Alex January. They want DeCorey Moore. Are there others that they really would like to see? Uh, Everybody's talking about Ford, the uh, 2026 DN, who's a Texas offer, very talented kid, will be one of the top prospects in the country. Here's the thing about Duncanville. There's going to be a couple of guys Texas offers that won't even see the field. They're probably they're playing on freshman team right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, the program. I would Javion Holiday's a maybe. He's in that area and he's really good friends with the Corey and Moore and those guys. He's a kid who's talented. He's a power five defensive back. He's a maybe as well. He's another one to watch. All right. Uh, hey, Jerry, let me ask you this. How does Malik look running the quick game RPO? I don't think we truly know that yet. I don't think we truly know that yet because I, that's something you, that is going to have to happen in the game for me. Um, I, we may have lost Bobby and Rod there, uh, but on the quick game RPO, I'm not sure we've had enough of a look at Malik yet because that's more of a decision in the game. When you're going through the game, that's hard to replicate in practice. Uh, the quarterbacks don't get hit. The decisions, it's just different. Um, so I, I think that's a question you can answer more uh, in the game. Most important player on defense for tomorrow. We answered that one. I went Jalen Ford. Um, I'm I went Jalen Ford on that. Okay, so there's UT is yet to to be dominant. So let's not sleep on BYU. I don't think we're we're none of us are sleeping on BYU. But I will say um, BYU is a, is a smoke and mirrors five and two team. That doesn't mean they can't beat Texas. But offensively, they're one of the worst in the country. And defensively, you would think they'd be one of the best in the country if you're one of the worst in the country, but they're really not. They're middle of the pack defensively. Uh, so what they are is been, they've been an opportunistic team. And last week they won with 277 yards of offense and 12 first downs at home. That only happens if Mississippi State and Arkansas are playing each other, apparently, in college football. Uh, you know, it, if you look at when BYU beat Arkansas – BYU beat Arkansas 38-31. I believe Arkansas starting running back was out. But BYU only had 281, 285 yards in that game. 
in one. So they're winning games without 300 yards of offense, which is rare when you win multiple games in college football with uh, less than 300 yards of offense. Uh, Captain Americana, so so much goes into making and keeping a program successful besides recruiting. Who would have guessed that Michigan, USC, TM, and I, look, this is a great question, guys. Because, Bobby, we said at the beginning of the year, this coaching carousel, it may be boring this year. Now we're about to have, I think, Jim Harbaugh is going to get show-caused out of Ann Arbor. Um, and then USC, who knows what's going on with Lincoln Riley right now. If AM loses to Broken Foot Beamer Saturday, he's gone. I mean, so, like, we're – we're there are – Broken Foot Beamer. Wow. <laughs> well, y'all know the Beamer story, right? After he lost to Florida, he kicked something in the locker room, so he's going to be coaching with a boot on. He broke <laughs> <laughs> So he's broken foot Beamer right now. Uh, but who would have thought that, like this coaching carousel could go from it looks boring to multiple blue, two big blue bloods with open jobs. I'm not. We're not saying it's going to happen. Well, I think Michigan's going to happen. But I mean, all these rumors about Riley. I mean, there is a lot going on in a short amount of time right now you know if AM loses again i mean this weekend or something crazy happens you could be looking at three huge jobs open when you weren't expecting any of them it could Man. be great and the trickle down from that could oh, get yeah. Deion sanders agent right now is uh, yeah yes the colorado the, the, the colorado <laughs> ad is like <laughs> I could. I had to borrow to to pay your salary yeah, in the exactly. first place. I, I'm not sure college football could handle Dion at USC. By the way, that would be oh, crazy. That, that would be wild. Oh, that would be wild, man. In LA, hey, you might say, "Hey, hey, hey, forget Scallions uh, <laughs> or whatever the guy's name was at Michigan. We might have Dogg, we might have Snoop Dogg holding the play sheet next to oh. Dion. <laughs> this dude brought so he brought celebrities." He brought celebrities to Boulder before he brings to L.A. They Can you there. imagine him at USC? Oh, man. That's what's up. Hey, if we watch the good. Emmys every game, they'd have a red carpet. People would be roll walking in. They'd be stopping to do interviews on the way in. <laughs> I love it. All right. How do your – how does – this one from Russ Swain. How do our special teams line up versus BYU? I haven't looked very deeply into this. Jerry or Rod, have y'all, have y'all taken a, a quick pass at that? You know, I don't, I don't have any anything big on uh, BYU's first special teams. They're not, they're not really a big threat in return game. That I know. Texas has a, a big time a, uh, athleticism advantage there. Um, you know, I'm interested though. You know, one thing about BYU, those guys have a lot of experience. They're not, they're not typical ones that are getting run out of their lanes and kick coverage, right? Um, that mean they don't have young players, but they're an experienced team. Uh, but one of the things I keep going back to, guys. Um, uh, Jeff Cook says, sorry, I'm late job interview. Um, that's pretty funny, actually. Um, it, you know, the interesting thing for me, boy, say, hey, Sanborn was really good against Houston and that mattered, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that it ended up mattering in that game. Yeah, I like that. And no, you won't have a fake field goal in this game. I can guarantee you that. No. Yeah, and no and not that same one. Hey, <laughs> San, Sanborn mattered and Keelan Robinson mattered. Yeah. Uh, that, on that final drive, Texas started the drive on the Texas 47. That Keelan extra Robinson, effort. Keelan yeah. Robinson on that return got hit at the 27 and spun out of it. Do you remember that? Made a play. You're Made right. a play, 20 extra yards. Your your quarterback that's a backup is in yeah. there. It's a hell of a lot different starting at the 47 than the 27. Yeah. You throw a pick at the you throw yeah. a pick at the, the opponent's 40, 
is a heck of a lot different than throwing a pick at your own 27. That's a great point. Totally agree. I mean, it's just totally, totally yeah. different. All right, um, let's keep going. Uh, I want to know what y'all think on score predictions because I went 23-16, mm -hmm. Texas. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, what did you do on the inside Texas? I went 27-14, Texas. So you're closer to the spread than I am. Rod? That's good. Um, maybe I'll go – maybe I'll one up you. I'll go 30. Oh, wow. To 13. Yeah. I think they get a – it may be a non-offensive score of some kind in the game. Texas does or, or – Texas does. BYU, wow. So, you think Texas is going to turn them over a little bit? I think they might, yeah. BYU will turn the football over. They, yeah. Or they could get yeah, a non-offensive touchdown of some kind. It could be a full return, yeah. Hey, uh, four, uh, hey five, four, 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 4.04 p.m., Tom Herman with his first ever question on our chat. We might want to go to that. Uh, Matt, can you pull that up for us, please? We're having problems with the questions right now on our end. 4.04. <laughs> Asking Rod if Sark can get over the hump. Oh, that's 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 from Tom Herman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Coach Herman. Uh, Rod, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fantastic. No, this is a good question. I'll tell you why because um, it it'll be tested now with the with the quarterback issue with the you know second second string quarterback playing, getting the quarterbacks ready to go. You know, Sark said a distinct disadvantage right he doesn't have his starting quarterback in there his guy he's got to get the young quarterback ready to go on the fly he's got a really talented team around him so once again we'll see if Sark can take his coaching expertise to the next level that's what we've been waiting on from Sark uh whether it be making adjustments within the game um being able to come up with creative countermeasures being able to motivate this team to become a second half team be able to win games in the fourth quarter I think we're starting to we're starting to see some of those steps from Sark it will be challenged though this uh, you know second half of the season in the Big Twelve, just because I I think this stretch range about to go in against K State, uh, then against TCU and against Iowa State, they all offer their own individual challenges. But conquering the three high three down defense here have three straight weeks versus and it with a backup quarterback maybe playing in one of those games potentially, if he has not figured out that three high three down defense, they're gonna lose one of them games, and if they lose one of them games. Then we're back to where we are. We're talking about man, is Sark an elite coach, or does he have the capability to take his game to the elite level? I think he does. I think it's in him. But Coach Steven is holding him back. Coach <laughs> Sark is an elite coach. And every now and then, Coach Steven calls a fake field goal like he did in U of H game. All right, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Who did that? That was Coach Steven. So I'm like, hey Sark, call a fake field goal, man. I think it'd be really cool, man. You get the crowd out of it, you know. So I think Sark, Sark can do it. Coach Steven. That's not the guy. So right now we're just balancing between those two. But I think Sark's on a good path, though. I love what he's done. He, he's made the roster right now. It's so filled with talent that we believe with a backup quarterback now, Longhorn fans have no dread or pessimism. They believe in this coach's effort and believe. Well, okay, it's tough about it. But most people have, have excitement and anticipation and optimism about what they're going to see. Usually when Texas playing a backup quarterback in this situation, man, Longhorn fans all be like Bobby. All right. No, I, I completely agree. <laughs> right, I but mean, now, this is this is this is totally fair game because, and it's indicative of what he's done with the roster yeah, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it's not just offense. It's not just defense. I mean, like I'll, I'll give you an example. James Brown, like back when back before you played at Texas, mm -hmm. there was a guy named James Brown came oh, in yeah. uh, for for Shea Marins in the OU game. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Texas didn't necessarily have a good offense. They had a good offense, but not so good defense. And Texas fans were worried about it, but Texas ended up winning 
this isn't that kind of game. James ran how to have a good, a really, really good game for Texas to win that game. Yeah. Texas, Malik Murphy doesn't have to have a great game. No. He just has to have a serviceable game. And, I, and, and Texas has a chance. And that's because of the up. The talent. The talent level yeah. has been up mm-hmm. to a point where Texas now has uh, a potential, you know, a better roster yep. than a team like BYU who 10 years ago ran Texas out of Provo. Let's just be clear. I was there. Yeah, hey, I, Bobby, Ekim has asked, before we get to that, I want to address this. Ekim's asked, do we think Michigan could get the death penalty? Oh, no. so here's no. the thing. I no, don't sir. think there is death penalty anymore. I think they're going to be handing out show causes like Halloween candy. But um, I don't think I, I don't think there's death penalty in college, especially the blue blood. No, I mean, and I don't think that was. I'm not saying it wasn't agree. What's being said isn't very egregious because it is. I'm not sure it's death penalty worthy. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like Michigan actually had some is, is cooperating too. By the way, like if they would have clammed up and said no, no, you can't mm-hmm. do this, you can't do that. But Michigan's cooperating, uh, and so uh, who keeps cheering at Jerry's house? That is actually <laughs> that is actually we're live at the co-op, co-op guys. And so every time, what it is at the co-op, this is great. Every time somebody gives towards a scholarship or a donation mm. at the register, they ring the cowbell. Everybody cheers nice. uh, because of a donation made uh, to a scholarship at the University of Texas. All right, now here we go. It's, who's cheering at your house? Jerry? At Jerry's house. Uh, come on now. <laughs> Buddy Powell, chief big guy. Texas really needs to score a field goal or touchdown on the first drive to give the offense confidence. Um, That'd be nice. It would be nice. It'd be nice. I, I don't it, know if it happens, but it'd be nice. I don't know. And I will say this. Um, there there have been times where I've seen an, uh, an offense go out and score a field goal in the first drive, and it, gives me, and it gives me no confidence. Yeah. Because they didn't do something right that was really mm-hmm. simple in the process, and that's why they only scored a field goal and not a touchdown. Yeah, that's fair. They scored a touchdown. I think it's a different a different animal. That's that's my take yeah. on that. Yeah, twenty one. They twenty one straight. They twenty one points a lead on U of H and couldn't hold it. So yeah, I, I've got it with Bobby on that one. I don't know if it gives me a lot of confidence. They just score first. It's great. It'd be good for him ideally, but I don't know if it gives me confidence it, overall. Then he can sit down in the run game and actually work on it. Yeah, that's that's that is one on thing. So Buddy Powell's chief guys uh, thing. At least if you score first, then you can work the run game. You don't feel like yeah. you have to push. The pass on Malik. Good point. Or, or whoever the quarterback. BYU is. does. They're not going to play well from behind. That's not how that offense is built. U of H actually, because of the air raid, they're cool playing from behind and getting in the shootout. That's no, not what BYU wants to do. And BYU couldn't do that against. They couldn't play play from behind against Kansas. Yeah, they can't. That's Texas not, is a better defense. Yeah. than Kansas. All right. Uh, this from Jay Morrison. UT is yet to be dominant, so let's not sleep on BYU. I think y'all took this while we were just getting logged off here. Uh, we had a little uh, technical problem. Uh, Texas is yet to be dominant. I, it, and that is one of the reasons why I don't have this is a 20-point spread. Even though I'm, I'm talking about how much better they are talent-wise, they, they haven't really – have they been dominant? I think they were dominant against Alabama in the fourth quarter. Hey, some against Kansas for sure. Baylor. Okay. Baylor, but that's backup quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's – I'll say this, and that's a great point. I don't think they've played a, a true kind of four-quarter game yet. They've played great in the fourth quarter, but I'm talking about a four-quarter game, first, second, third, fourth. They always have a, a lull somewhere in there, you know, kind of a quarter, quarter and a half where, you know, they just – offense looks off or defense looks discombobulated. So in terms of all three phases, playing a four-quarter game, 
Yeah. I don't know if we've seen that. Bama's Bama's probably maybe the closest. Baylor, I don't really count because you played a backup quarterback. So you know how I feel about those situations. And matter of fact, BYU, this is their third game, I think, playing a backup quarterback. They've had a nice stretch run, which also adds to why, you know, they have the record they do and why Jerry doesn't believe in them being a (laughs) The real deal. All right, we got time for a couple more uh, questions here before we get going. We're live at the co-op. The Longhorn live stream Friday afternoon brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ludicky and his team at MyPerfectFranchise, they qualify you and make sure you go through a process uh, where they take a QA, and a kind of get your background, understand what you're good at, what you want to do, and what you don't want to do, and then give you a sample of businesses that might be right for you. They lead you through the entire process, including the application, et cetera. Uh, give him a call, 404-973-9901, or visit him at myperfectfranchise.net. Congrats to Andy. He's doing a great job for a lot of people uh, out there as well. All right, uh, let's keep going there here a little bit, Rod, and see what you think um, about some things. But first, I want to ask Jerry this question from Travis Earls. How many commitments can Texas reasonably take? And is there a silent commitment? Let me say this. Texas is currently at 19 commitments right now. I could see the number going to 24, uh, maybe 25, maybe. uh, Because here's the thing. Ideally, you want one more offensive lineman. That would be 20. Um, You want – you probably want – if you could get one more edge, you'd take Solomon Williams. If if not, I think they're okay. Hold and serve. D lineman, they want to get one more, so that's two for sure. DB, they need to get two more. So that gets you to four. Can they flip a linebacker? Can they get an edge? You know, if they do one of those two things, it gets you to 24 and you're knocking on 25's door. Um, So I think a lot of this also, you know, how the rest of the season plays out, how much momentum you uh, keep in your back pocket there. Uh, But I think 23, 24 is the most likely number with 25 and outside possibility. How many, and how many more silent commits there, Jerry? Um, are, you, are you willing to say? No. <laughs> no. There we go. Just simple. Hey, Jerry, yeah. Jerry doesn't mince words sometimes. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Rob H. Keelan Robinson's speed versus BYU could give him favorable matchups coming out of the backfield in 21 personnel. Oh, Rob, well, we, speaking my language. Man. Well, let me ask you this, Rod. Texas hasn't used much 21 personnel this year. They and have. you thought they might, and they yeah. did last year with Rojo and, and Bijan. But I, I think Sark's been waiting on C.J. Baxter, honestly. I think he's been waiting on him. He used a little bit of it, and I believe in the last game I saw it with C.J. and with Jonathan Brooks. I think he's been waiting on C.J. Baxter to get healthy, and he looked different. I think we all agree the acceleration at U of H game, when you hit the hole, that gets a pop to him. Uh, and – you got to help. Jonathan Brooks, obviously, was playing like one of the best running backs in the country right now. I believe they, the Pro Football Focus has him as running back one, like off the big board, <laughs> which is which is pretty wild. That's crazy. It is crazy to think about, but congratulations to him. That's good. He deserves it. But now you got C.J. Baxter, who also, as you know, my man Jerry put it, in the red zone, maybe he can help you too, maybe as a as a more of a power element in the run game. I think you could see start go with some 21 personnel. He could go with heavier personnel, period, and – present more power personnel packages because he wants to run the football. Now, obviously that's the identity of the offense with a young quarterback in there, present power personnel packages, pivot to play action pass principles. And that way you can get some wider windows, wider window throws for your young quarterback like play action pass. So I, I wouldn't doubt if they Bobby go with some 21. And by the way, 21 personnel has, has been easily 
it's easily been the most effective and the most explosive personnel package for Texas in the last two years. What are you talking about? Yards per attempt, yards per play. Whether you're talking about explosive play rate, it is. I can't. I can explain it from last year with Bijan and Rojo. Even this year, hard to explain. It still tracks, and it tracked in 2021 uh, as well. It's it's just weird. It's it's something about that 21 personnel package. Teams don't practice a lot against it because not a lot of teams run the pony package with two tailbacks. So they just when they see it, usually they have a hard time matching up with it. Do you go 40 personnel with your three four linebackers out there, or do you stay in nickel? If you do. They can run the football effectively because they technically have the numbers and they have the power personnel advantage. Let me ask you this. We mentioned that 21 personnel, but the other one that I know you like is the big, big 11. Oh, big with 11, Malik, 12. With, yeah. with uh, our big 11 or big 12 mm-hmm. with Malik Ogbo at yes. tight end. And that's actually been, I think you, you've calculated this, the most successful uh, uh, formation of sorts that Texas has had this year overall. Yeah, it's been one of them this year. In terms of the ones they play the most, it is. And last week versus U of A, strangely enough, the average nine yards per play, <laughs> over nine yards per play in the first half, running that big 12 package with Malik Agbo out there, their first two touchdowns. Big 12 package with Malik Agbo out there. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, I would love to sit down with Sark and ask him. He stopped running it in the second half. He only had two plays of it in the second half. Not sure if it was because of the Quinn Ewers injury, because it was really successful in the first half. It's because of the Quinn. You needed a boost and some juice offensively. So I'm not sure if he stopped it because of the injury to Quinn Ewers and you lost the passing element off of it, or or because it is your ultimate antidote for the three high, three down defense. And maybe he knew he can move the ball other ways and didn't want to show it off to Big 12 teams too much. No, that game, got got, that, that game got too tight. Then you got to tell me why he stopped it. Okay, why, well, why, would you, why would you stop a package that's getting nine yards per play when the game gets – when you're blowing them out in the first half, game gets tight and you go, well, that's my most successful personnel grouping. Definitely not going to use that one. Why? Why, Bobby, why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't tell me why. So that's why we're going with a crazy random conspiracy theory. I'm on the grassy knoll here because right? <laughs> I can't figure it out either. I, I, I think – do you, you guys think we may see that package more tomorrow to help protect Malik? Yeah, I that's, agree. I, 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 that plus the run game, I, I think they may lean on that a little bit tomorrow. BYU's yeah. got some good defensive ends too, by the way. It's, prob- it's probably, it's probably does, yeah. what, one of the big pieces of their – Thing. And why, Bobby? Why this? Why Bobby, that's going to end up being a meme of some sort. All right, I, I want to finish with this one tonight. All right, this afternoon. True, first, first ever game action. Yep. TCU freshman Josh Hoover hung up 439 yards and four TDs on BYU. I, I got to say this: the one thing I would add to that comment, though, is that is a system that is can mm. if you don't cover the system. They just beat up on you real bad. But then once you once you cover it up, they can get beat by like they were last week 41 to 3 against Kansas State. Well, so and let's, and, and let's, Hoover's played in it before. That's so. it. That's what I was going to say. The, the difference there is Josh Hoover played for Art Browse's best friend and college Ooh. roommate at Rockwall Heath. He nice. played in that system since he was 15 years old. Oh, okay. So, that he's been in that system for 5 years now. His whole football life in high school. Man, that's a nice nugget. And literally, remember what that's what we said about Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. And we also said about Donovan Smith. When you get a quarterback who is so comfortable in the system, they've been running it for four or five years. You know, that's that's that could be trouble for yep. any defense because they just know all the ins and outs, all the fail safes. And, and, by, and by the way, that's the one thing I will say too. Um, um, is uh, if 
if Arch win, if Arch gets in the game Saturday, they ran the same system in, in, in high school in Isidore Newman. They had a lot of the same calls. Uh, the coaching staff there really asked Milwee Sark for a lot of things offensively. They had a lot of the same calls. There's a familiarity there if when he gets into the game. I, I that's not that's not going to cause an issue for him. All right, that's good like stuff. That. All right, that's going to do it uh, this afternoon. Uh, we're here at the co-op. Thank you to uh, myperfectfranchise.net uh, for their sponsorship. Also for all of the questions, the super chats, all of that. Uh, guys, uh, Longhorns tomorrow, 2.30, DKR. Uh, make sure you visit, uh, by the way, the tailgate pregame for the Texas One Fund. Uh, it's right behind the uh, musical stage up on the LBJ lawn. If you're out there, everyone is welcome. All they ask is a small, uh, it's not even a mandatory donation, but a small donation to the Texas One Fund to support NIL uh, for the University of Texas. All right, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, also, please check us out on InsideTexas.com if you get a chance. Uh, we got a pregame news and notes, all of that stuff over there from everybody, from Eric Nalene, Paul Wallington, Joe Cook, uh, Justin Wells, myself, Jerry, it's uh, Ian Boyd, and uh, Rod Babers. You yes, and sir. Ian had the football theory last night. I thought it was terrific. Thanks, brother. All right, hey, uh, for Jerry, Rod, and myself, uh, thanks for watching. Hook them. Hook them.